Hello and welcome everybody. Hi everybody. We've got a special podcast happening. Um, so I'm going to introduce our guests. On the top left there, we have call centre operator Feza. Hey, hey, it's your girl Feriel. What's up everybody? Bottom left, we have Talitha. Hello. Did everyone see the hot cross buns I tried to bake yesterday? <laughs> Admittedly, I thought that your picture was the first batch of buns. Yeah, no. And our guest today, welcome to Drew. Hello, everyone. Lots of energy here. I like it. Totally. <laughs> and so Drew is currently in Shanghai. Is that right? Is that where you are? Yep. Shanghai Minghang District. Cool. Wow. And Drew um, was originally, runs a business um, in China, but originally from Australia. So we love to do getting to know you questions to begin with. Um, Drew and I have connected because he's actually a client of FabTax. And I'm just curious, how did you become a client of ours? Um, and when did that all start? I believe um, a friend of mine, um, we, we own a property in, in uh, Queensland and we used an agent to acquire that property and she, I believe she introduced uh, me to you. Awesome. And she is, uh, you're based in Adelaide, right? Yes, that's right. Yes, yes. So, so that, that, that was the connection. Um, a Chinese-Australian girl, her name... I'll find it on my WeChat. I have no WeChat, but that's how she introduced me to you. Awesome. Love it. Love word of mouth and even going on WeChat. I've got some questions about WeChat actually as well. Do you have a WeChat? No. I've got a, I've got a WeChat. i got a WeChat. Wow. You're very progressive. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one without WeChat. But Don't know how to use it, but I've got one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I chat to one person, you know. I, post, I posted a photo. Who do you chat to, Talitha, on WeChat? Wait. Oh, there you go. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course. We'd love to just get a bit of an understanding of people. So our go-to question on that is your favourite childhood celebrity crush. Who, um, who was the person that stole your heart? Uh well, stole my heart in a celebrity. Um, it was actually, um, I don't know if you remember the original Inspector Gadget cartoon. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So there's Penny and Brain. So Penny was my uh, first childhood uh, crush. I don't know why. Um, as a young kid, so that was my first childhood crush. I love it. That's cool. Can you find on your um, phone a, a photo of Penny just so we can um, show our viewers? There's the new uh, Inspector Gadget as well. Um, I think she looks different. Um, my, my son watches it on Netflix. Um, uh, Penny had a makeover. Original. I'll try to find it. All right. That's cool. I think Talitha's going to look for it and we're going to keep going with questions. Now, do you okay. have a inspirational quote um, that you live by or anything like that? Um, I have two. Oh. Okay. Because um, I like both of them. They're both um, kind of opposite or, or different. One's from Albert Einstein, and I guess it kind of uh, is, is good reference to what we're all going through now, um, some more than others, is um, necessity is the mother of all inventions. 
Necessity is the mother of all inventions. Love yeah. it. So that's the first one. And the other one by, uh, well, it was quoted by Jim Morrison from The Doors, is the doors of perception. When the uh, doors of perception are truly cleansed, things will appear as they truly are. So uh, that's what? another one. It's actually by Jim Morrison, but it was quoted by a, a, another poet or philosopher. Mm, very deep quotes there that's awesome and you obviously probably do a little bit of traveling so what's your number one travel tip um for like now or, or prior to oh, covid both both <laughs> yeah prior <laughs> and or now well now zero <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, zero. everyone <laughs> at prior um, if you're about to travel again in who knows when, what, what travel tip do you have? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I mean, no, no travel during COVID. Um, if you are, uh, if you are traveling, you have to, you're, you're stuck in a place or, you know, emergency business meeting and you have permission to go, um, you know, masks. Um, you know, I know it's, it's a little uncomfortable for a lot of people and especially, you know, Westerners because it's just like not part of our culture um, here. Everyone wears masks 24 um, seven outside. Um, and the other thing is hand sanitizer. I have on my backpack, um, a hand sanitizer, um, you know, carry and just, you know, wash your hands with, with a lot of soap lather and like a doctor would do for, for a good 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Um, every time you come back from doing anything, Good. I love it. I need to um get one of those hand sanitizers and put it on my You key have ring. them in the office, Miriam. Everywhere. I just got to put it on my key ring. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No point yeah. having it on the printer. Like, one's connected. This is actually from Australia. We, we, we bought a whole bunch uh, uh, from uh, the Rejet shop. Um, oh, yeah. There. there was no need for them back then. I mean, this was uh, about a month ago, a month and a half ago in Australia. Wow. So um, it's probably yeah. very hard to find now. Yeah, it is. Did you know like a month ago? Or? Yeah, I think they did. Is that well, right? I mean, we, we, we were in Australia uh, yeah. on holidays. Um, a little bit of backstory and then by all means we'll continue the story. Um, we, we go back to Australia. We live in China. I've lived in China for nearly 15 years, um, originally from Melbourne. We go back to Australia usually for Chinese New Year, sometimes Christmas, once a year. I stay at my mum's place in, in uh, country Victoria. Yeah. Um, so we went um, just before Chinese New Year. Um, we were in Australia at my mum's place. We were there for about a week. And then the news started coming up about Wuhan. And we we're like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty serious. And then yeah. like a week and a half, you know, it's like, wow, Shanghai's locked down. You know, I mean, it happened really fast. Mm. Um, we usually go back for three weeks, but we um, decided to cancel our return airfares and stay um, in Australia kind of indefinitely. Um, until you know things kind of cleared up in China, you know we had no idea it was going to progress outside. Mm. Um, we, we run a, an education a fit, a certification and fitness certification education company. We don't do it just in China, and we had another course in Korea. So I I could not to get you too confused, but oh, uh, internet, we just uh oh. <laughs> Uh oh, I can enter Carol Ma. So we, we lost all of all of our business uh, in in our offline education, and I couldn't even get to Korea. So then we decided to come. Uh oh, 
What do we do, girls? Do you want to message him and say, we just lost you for a bit there, Drew? Can you hear us? Yeah, we can all hear each other. Yeah, I know. I'm talking to Drew. Drew. Gosh, so how interesting. So he, <laughs> no, so, so for Chinese New Year, I was in Melbourne. And I was going to all the festivals and events that Melbourne was still going. It was still going ahead. And then it was like the, the super interesting t- time because that was when they were, they were the, the lockdowns going on. Crazy. I'm so interested mm. in his business with Korea, guys. Does he have any <laughs> of the uh, K-pop people? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, oh, good. Let him back in. Tell us a bit about it, Miriam. Um, I, there's a bio. He's in the fitness and wellness industry. He do you want me to read it out, the bio? Yeah, read it out. All right. So he moved to China in 2005 to explore business opportunities. Drew has over 20 years in the fitness and wellness industry, and he operates his business from Shanghai. Um, and, yeah, his experience about being in the summer and this whole COVID and what's that doing to his industry? He has extensive experience in distribution and marketing. Oh, there we go. Oh, you're hey, back. Yeah, yeah. Yay. 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 Yeah. Oh. Just um, reading out your bio um, to the fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So um, you're back. So we got to the part about Korea. So let's, yeah, tell us about what was happening in Korea or something. Long story short, I mean, all of our um, education courses were cancelled in mainland China and we had, so that was four courses. I mean, that a lot of income loss. But I also had a course because we do things outside of mainland China in, in other Asian countries. So we had one in South Korea. It was our very first one. I was ultra excited about opening up the South Korean market, all gung-ho. And again, I couldn't because they wouldn't allow Chinese is to travel in Korea or people that were in China. So even if I wanted to come back to China, I'd come back to China, I couldn't get into Korea, but I could from Australia go to Korea. So I changed my travel plans there um, and then was planning to go to Korea. Um, Booked our tickets, uh, paid our tickets, paid our hotels, organized everything. A week and a half, um, I'd left it to the last second, but about a week and a half prior to going. And then three days after I'd paid that booking, um, Korea blew up. So mm. we had to cancel that and lost. What, day, uh, what day was that? About what, what time in March was that? Um, well, I had to cancel. It was end of February because mm. I was supposed to be, um, we, our course was March 6th. Um, and, uh, I was staying there for 10 days. So I had various other meetings in Korea. So, Basically, we booked in, in February and had to cancel end of February. It was crazy. So yeah. we lost that one as well. So and let's then, talk. Yeah, so long story short, then we're like, yeah. Let's talk about losing and how you deal with just, you know, uh, my sisters and I run a few different businesses and just all of a sudden, straight away, government shuts it down. And it's uh, for us, it was a shock of just like what has just happened and we all dealt with it in our own different ways. Run us through sort of how oh, yeah. you dealt with the whole losing just full revenue streams. Well, we, we lost a lot, but we also, fortunately, for the last um, 18 months, 
we've been working on, but quite honestly, got very um, sidetracked and um, complacent with our current business, but working on an online business model. Um, that was the future for us. We, we last year, we, I, I was in, in some months, I was only home in Shanghai for one week of the month, uh, seeing our children and, and various other things. I mean, that's a lot of time, but it's also a lot of cost traveling and hotels, et cetera, et cetera. So we were looking at reinventing our business model, but we again, got complacent and got busy. So fortunately the, you know, we, we had some elements in place, but not enough to fully launch. So what we have been doing um, now for almost a month is live streaming, I guess, you know, very similar to what we're doing right now. Um, and, and that's, that's allowed us to continue um, to do things. And, and quite frankly, it's been actually better than the offline, a little bit more profitable, uh, far less time um, involved in traveling. So that, that's how we've, we've reinvented ourselves. Great. Yeah, I know one of my clients, they were dealing business to business and they were always going to set up their website to go business to consumer because um, it, it is a hot sort of product right now. And all of a sudden COVID happens and I speak to them within a week and they're like, yeah, we set up our website and everything. So definitely can see the areas that people could like the opportunities. Now there's no, no complacency. It's like, bam, straight away um, adapting and everything like that. So that's um, really cool to see. Now, you're in Shanghai again. Run us through. Yeah, you have to pivot very fast. And... Yeah, what, run us through what is happening for, what's your life like in Shanghai right now? Okay, good. Well, I've been back for almost a month. So I arrived back um, in, from Australia, from Melbourne. Um, I arrived back March 8th, I believe. So actually a little bit over a month. Um, so when we, when we first arrived back, I mean, firstly, it was crazy when we weren't in Shanghai. Um, and luckily I was in Australia and Australia was perfectly normal. So we, we were very fortunate uh, compared to a lot of other people. Um, so when we arrived back, um, so I can only give you what, what I personally get the airport um, in, in Shanghai, Pudong and, you know, a bunch of, you know, people with, you know, space suits on, um, and checking everyone's temperature. And we had, we have two children, a, a two year old Adam and a, a nearly six year old James. And we were at the airport trying to clear uh, quarantine and, and customs for, for three hours. Um, oh. and, and no real direction because they were herding everyone together. And you had to fill out a bunch of paperwork, you know, where you've been, how long you've been, you know, have you been to Italy? Have you been to Iran? Because back then oh, wow. it was, it was really only Italy and Iran that were the, the, the problem uh, where the problem exists. existed. Um, it, again, this was a month ago. Uh, lots change in a month. So it was really crazy. Our, our son, um, youngest son was bawling his eyes out, refused to wear a mask, but you had to wear a mask. I mean, they, they were like pointing at you. So it, it was pretty crazy. Um, and everywhere you go, temperature check, they, they, they hold a gun. I'm not sure if they're doing that in Australia yet, but holding a temperature gun to your hand. Um, so it, it was pretty, you know, I knew it was going to be crazy, but it was pretty full on. I mean, they really locked things down, you know, and that, that's a good thing. Um, 
So then uh, when we, we first got into our community in, in Shanghai, everyone lives in communities or apartment blocks, but it's like a community. So there's a front gate. Um, you have to check in there and then, then they check your ID and also check your travel documents to see, you know, where you've been. Um, luckily for us, Australia was a green zone uh, back then. Um, so mm. we, we were fortunate we didn't actually have to go through a quarantine um situation back then um so we were we got in there was still a lot of um uh, controls uh, only one person can leave the house per time and yeah. you need a pink card to leave the community so the community is kind of um it, it was a little a little easier to police in china in china to some degree because it's all community based there's only one gate entrance you know um compared to australia we're all in houses so, you know, that, that made a little bit better. So fast track now a month later, um, to, to give you a, a little bit of bright side to the story, um, you're still wearing masks. They still check your temperature everywhere, but you're pretty free to leave the community. There's no pink card checks, things like that. Um, the gym opened, my gym opened about a week and a half ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it was closed for three months. I mean, that's that's not a, a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, um, so three months closed. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And why yeah. they? Why? Yeah. So, but you have to wear a mask. Yeah. And is there a certain amount of people that are allowed in the gym, or what? Uh, how? Why did they? What else did they let open up after three months? Well, it's limited time, um, so it's not the normal times. It's it's only ten to eight p.m. Um, where it's usually um, much earlier and much later. Uh, there's no swimming pool. There's no sauna because um, that that would mean people can't wear a mask in the swimming pool, and also sauna people can't wear a mask. So yeah, people aren't allowed next close to each other, and there's not a lot of people going. I think a lot of people are are still a little bit afraid. Mm -hmm. And do you personally know anyone that's um, like got COVID in Shang in the Shanghai district or in China or what's like, yeah, I mean, none of us girls have known anyone yet so far that's got it. What about yourself? No, um, I don't know in, in China um, and there's been no new cases that I'm aware of um, at all for a while, especially in mm. Shanghai. Um, but I do have a friend um, who, who lives in Shanghai but he's not in Shanghai now, he's in France. And he and his wife, um, he's a very close friend, he and his wife got it in France. Um, mm. and, and they got the mild symptoms and they're, they're recovering just fine. Yeah, okay, cool. And so when do you kind of think Shanghai's gonna go back to normal or what's your sort of, like, how do you think it's gonna play out for where you are at the moment? What's your sort of timeframes on, on what mentally? Are your timeframes on things? Um, well, I, the main thing is schooling. So schools have been shut now um, prior to Chinese New Year, so which was normal, and then after uh, Chinese New Year, and it, they're still not open in Shanghai. Um, some um, provinces or states, you, you guys would refer them to as, um, have begun opening schools. Um, that are, you know, very safe cities. They haven't had any or, or very little um, COVID cases and they don't have the same population of Shanghai or Beijing. Uh, there is a, a, um, a preliminary date for schools to open 
in um, the first week of May. Um, it's, it's a preliminary date. Basically, the schools need to be ready to open, but they won't have the green light to open. So they need to have some things in place. So it could be another month for schools. Um, and a lot of other things are kind of open, but just, just limited. Restaurants are open, but there's, there's not that many people that go to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did the, has the, I'm not really sure how China works or anything. Um, like, has there been government support in all these businesses that have been shut down or is everyone just, I, I don't really know how it works. Like in Australia, we've obviously been getting stimulus and that type of thing. What has happened with businesses? Um, yeah, what happens to businesses in China when it just all gets shut down? Sure. Um, well, firstly, I, I follow the, I, I follow what's happening in Australia. I, I use um, ABC iView um, mm. and we watch the live streaming ABC News and I use a VPN to trick my computer that it's in uh, Australia mm. so I can watch it. Um, then yeah. we, we plug it into the TV. I have to say, um, you know, out of all of the world, I think Australia and the Australian government is, is handling it superbly. Yeah. Maybe they've made a few errors here and there, but honestly, incredible. Um, I'm very proud to be Australian. Yeah. Um, I'm not biased to any politics whatsoever, but just seeing how they've been handling it, the cases, um, the stimulus packages are just outrageously huge. I don't know how they're going to pay that back, um, the government, but um, it's incredible. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of support and, and love should be given to, to what's happening to the people at the front lines, and including the government. I mean, he, he's doing a speech every day. I mean, I don't know how he does it. Um, in China, um, you know, there has been a lot of support. Um, if, if your premises is, is, is under a state-owned enterprise, they have to give you rent reductions. Um, unfortunately, if it's privately owned, um, it's up to your negotiation skills and not all people are giving rent reductions, which, which really sucks. Um, but that being send, uh, said, um, you know, the, the, the renter has the upper hand in some regards because, you know, people aren't looking to rent right now. Mm. So, you know, for us, for example, we just delayed paying. Um, we just stopped paying, you know. I mean, we'll, we'll pay you next week, next week, next week, next week. Um, so, you know, we haven't got a reduction per se, but we just stopped paying for a while. Um, there are a lot of tax um, deductions and, and depending on the size of your company, um, the, the bigger the tax reduction. So things like um, social security payments um, to staff. And there's, there's a, in, in China, there's a whole bunch of different social security um, payments that, that are quite large, especially if you're a large um, income earner and a large company. So they've been um, completely taken away um, by the government. So there's a lot of taxes that are not being paid. Um, there is some support, but there isn't, honestly, nearly the same support as what I've seen Australia giving businesses and employees. Wow. Yeah, cool. And so what is your sort of, what's your focus business-wise for the rest of the year? Is it this online, like, yeah, where are you focusing your energy now for the, for this year? Yeah, I mean, online. I mean, we're, we're doing live streaming now. We, we'll be... Um, putting together our, our online curriculum, predominantly for China. Um, we do have multiple languages. We are launching an English language uh, live streaming at the moment. Australia can even join in because it's similar time zone. Um, you know, with, with, with what we do and, and I think a lot of others do, you know, 
I think this lessons that we've learned is, you know, with, with the connection tools like Zoom and, and, and the internet and, and everything, you know, there are no borders. I mean, yes, we're isolated. Yes, we're, we're uh, you know, you can't meet people physically, but you can actually access and meet people um, a lot easier through, through the internet. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the sky is the limit per se, um, depending on if, if you can restructure your business model. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're on a Zoom now. I've never actually met you face-to-face -face or anything like that, just on emails, and we're now doing a Zoom, so it's definitely um, brought that out. What sort of areas do you think, for the traditional Australian businesses where shops have been shut down, what's sort of your experience or um, any insight that you could give to those types of businesses here? Well, um, a lot of businesses were still going here, but they were relying on logistics. And, and, and that's one thing I have to say, Australia, living in Asia, not just China, but Australia does need to dramatically improve its logistics, um, you know, delivery systems. It's so slow and there's just not enough infrastructure in place. Um, if, if Australia was going through COVID, but had a proper logistics system, a lot of business could reinvent themselves very, very quickly. Um, whether it's restaurants and cafes as well for food delivery, um, as well as many, many other businesses. Um, and not, you know, yes, you have logistics systems, but they're very slow, expensive, and, and just not as um, buoyant as, as what China and parts of Asia are. Is that, do you think, because Australia is just so far apart in their states and things like that? Or what, is it just because we've had it so easy or so good and haven't needed to do it? Or what do you think? Well, yeah, it's definitely part of that. I mean, we, we are spread out and we're also a very, very small population. Um, Australian population is, is smaller than that of all of Shanghai. Um, so wow. yes, it's That's part crazy. of that, but yeah, I mean, people are still used to offline. Um, China, China is like, you know, it's, it's in many ways very ahead of the curve in, in a lot of areas. I know it's a little, I've lived here for 15 years and, and people that come here, you know, go, wow, I didn't know China was like this. It's, it's, it's very ahead in, in some, very, very ahead when it comes to commerce mm. and um, the sophistication of logistics. I mean, we, we ran prior to our education business, we, we ran a health food store chain called World Health Store, WHS. We, we run that in China for, for 11 years and it was all retail, bricks and mortar. And it did very well in the early days. And we're talking, well, now we're talking nearly 15 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, it was running very well as far as retail. But the internet and logistics just, completely decimated, you know, many retail channels, except, you know, restaurants and clothing um, because people like to try on clothes. But um, selling health products was, you know, you buy it online for cheaper and easier. Yeah, there's oh, like across the road for me, there's one of those protein um, sort of places that are selling supplement powers. And I'm like, powders. And I'm like, how on earth are they going to survive this? Like they've got a massive shop and it just doesn't, um, kind of makes sense anymore. Um, now, it does. It's the, the world's changing. Far, you know, 
the way I describe China, and, and I think it's, it's a good analogy, but it's very fitting to understand, you know, China went from not having... Go ahead. No, you just cut out. You said China's not having... You keep going. There's a bit of delay, um, but that's fine. That's cool. Um, whatever you were saying about the... Whatever you were saying, keep going. I was just saying it, it's a good way of understanding China, of, of where it is today and, and where it mm. came from. Um, a lot of people... Um, we're living in communities um, and there was only a, one telephone uh, to share for like, I don't know, 500 people, you know? And I mean, of course that was a long time ago, you know, 30, 40 years ago, but it skipped a lot of things. Like we already had telephones in everyone's house. I mean, and we had cordless phones, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they, they skipped that. They, they skipped a lot of the home computer systems and they went straight to the digital age almost overnight mm. because they didn't have a lot of those things before versus America, Australia, Europe. We've kind of like gradually been evolving and changing, but they skipped a whole bunch of things. So that's why it's where it is today as far as technology and, and e-commerce. Yeah, cool. Now I've got a question. I'm, um, I, it's not really an area that I'm familiar with, but the great, Australian dream is to develop something Australian made and sell it to China and make billions um, yeah. because the population <laughs> here is not quite anywhere near as China. Um, uh, one of my clients sure. before COVID was setting up a WeChat to sell a wine um, product and all of that kind of then dis dissipated. What experience shares do you have around people that have this dream to make billions from selling something um, Australian made? Well, it's, it's not just, I mean, it's not just Australia. It's every man and his dog in every country in the world. China is, is, is the be in and end all. Um, fortunately, um, Australian products um, are, are very, well um, sought after in China c compared to many other countries, de depending on the, the, the product um, category. Uh, wine is, is one, uh, health products are another. Um, so everyone is, is begging to, to, to be part of China. Um, it's not easy. Um, if, if, if it were easy, everyone was doing, everyone would be doing it. Um, there are some, you know, stories and, and largely by luck um for example swiss in in the in the health product category and blackmores they just got lucky they, there was no business plan um you know the the ceo who sold his company for a billion dollars uh, swiss i mean he takes all of the credit but in in the health products industry we know the truth um and we we, we know what happened he just got lucky um the daigo shoppers were 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 buying things in in Australian health food stores and 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 they they thought Swiss was a good product. It was the Daigo shoppers that made the the Swiss very hot, not not the CEO. Mm. Um, good on him for exiting very well, but he shouldn't take much credit. Um, yes, everyone wants it, but it's very difficult. What people don't understand is everything is about branding. 
Um, we, we own another business. It's, it's a, um, a boutique branding agency and we run social media, brand building, um, brand um, localization of the brand and oversee it. Um, because I was explaining this to a friend yesterday um, who, who is in China, but he's only been here for a year, the importance of branding. Products don't mean much to Chinese. Branding means everything to Chinese. And the reason is because of the culture. I'm sure you guys have heard of the, 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 the phrase face, give someone face. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> sure. You, you know the, the term face means. Like have a person? Yeah, like, no. you know, it's good for their ego, it's good for their face, like, you know. Okay. In, in Chinese phrase, it's called mienza. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's, we understand it, but what we don't understand as Westerners is just how important that is. It is the, one of the biggest parts of the, the, the Asian culture, not just Chinese, but Chinese is, is the, the tip of the spear when it comes to Asian culture. So it's, it's huge, is, is face. And a brand and a brand purchase will bring someone face, you know, so for example, Nike, you know, Nike's a hot brand. I'm cool. I'm successful. It brings me face because it's a well-recognized brand. So when you're looking at, 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 at taking market share and Swiss and Blackboards are a very good example, you know, they're taking a huge portion of the lion's share of sales in the health product category because it's a famous trusted brand whereas you look at Australia America New Zealand blah 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 in one category you might have 80% of the sales are by 200 brands 80% of sales 200 brands in China 80% of the sales may be three or four brands wow. three or four brands but there's a lot more brands in China so it's mm. not that they have less brands it's just that the branding and the mienza or the face and the what that brand can bring value to that person if they're you know eating something drinking something or you know wearing something it's validation to, to others that from others that they're cool and they're accepted so branding is so much more important so if australian companies are in australia to win the, the you know be part of the Chinese dream of, and, and selling a billion dollars they have to think about branding and branding means making a point of difference what makes yours different and better than others it means packaging you know does your packaging stand out is your logo stand out does your name stand out and and what are your product differentiators if it's the same as everything else then don't even start they're just gonna waste a lot of time and waste a lot of money yeah that's cool. really good. So basically, if you're an Australian or even an American business, you need to chat to Drew if you want to get in to the market. That sounds like the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're happy to help and talk to people. We, we don't take on all clients because there is, um, unfortunately, a, a huge... Um, amount of clients who just think it's easy and um, they expect to be making a billion dollars in, in one month. It doesn't work that way. Um, we, we only work with clients that are very serious about the long-term um, investment into China and, and growing it steadily because 
there's there's no overnight success here. So I've been here for 15 years. It's a difficult market. Yeah. Yes, there's some success stories, but no one's talking about the millions of failures. Yeah. And it's it's tough. It's far tougher than Australia. Wow. And if people aren't prepared to to you know muscle up and, and roll with those punches and learn. I mean, I'm still learning. I've been 15 years. It's always changing. Six six months in China in, in economics or, or business is like 10 years anywhere else. Things just work at a faster pace. You have to be very nimble. You have to flow with a lot of stuff. And most business owners in the West aren't prepared for that. So they just shouldn't enter. Mm. So I'm, I'm not looking for clients, um, you know, in, in regards to our branding agency if people are very, very serious about the long term, by all means, we, we could have a chat. But if, if they're looking for overnight excess, don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that saying about like people think I'm an overnight success, but it's been like 15 years in the making of learnings and the ups and downs. It just sounds like breaking into China is even then like, yeah, full on. Um, yeah. Wow. They, they make a lot of mi, mi, um, assumptions like, oh, I have a Chinese friend or my Chinese friend from Australia recommends, you know, it, it's like they, they, they know a Chinese person and therefore they know China. <laughs> like, it, it's crazy. Or they watch you know? Chinese I mean, dramas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Burial, it's, it's Burial loves Korean, Korean dramas. She's and and Chinese. And Chinese, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I've got Chinese staff, so I'm like, how can we make money <laughs> in China? <laughs> <From China. laughs> so I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. Exactly. Exactly. And if, and if you had a dollar per person in China, you'd be a billionaire. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, there was that company that started selling Australian oxygen air to China. And everyone's like, oh, that's such a good idea. Really? <laughs> Yeah, wow, yeah. That's a great idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the purest air. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't tell everyone of our idea to leave <laughs> No, someone's already doing it and they've done it. Yeah, overnight success, apparently. <laughs> and then um, let's go just a bit. I've got a, one of my, we're going to close up with a few final questions. What's one of your worst, I love to, you know, just, hear the war story so what's maybe a one of your worst business mistakes and what did you learn from that oh where do i start Oof. um i think you know in general and it's been more than one is you know business partners you, you really we, we ran our business and you know a lot of people can be good um but you know as as people um but you know, when, when you're in a business, you know, there, there needs to be one direction um, on a business. And some, sometimes, you know, it, it can be pulled apart very easy if there's not a, a, a consensus goal, like, you know, we, we're going in this direction. And I think you just need to be, as a business owner, and I've made these mistakes, and it's not that, you know, they're wrong and I'm right. It's, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just you need one direction, one mm. focus. Um, mm. So you need to be very you know, wary. Um, and these mistakes that I've made is, 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 is as businesses um, and business partners. Um, a major mistake I did, um, and it's going to sound very ironic, um, but hindsight is, is a, <laughs> a very useful tool. But at the same time, 
you wouldn't do many things. Um, and that, that is opening a business in China. <laughs> the biggest mistake I made in, in, in my life um, was opening a business in China because I, like we were talking about before, I had this misconception. It was easy. Um, I'm smarter because I have more experience in the, in the health products industry than others. Um, you know, China is just such a, a different world. It's not a different country. It's a different world when it comes to business. And there were many, many things as a foreigner that I just can't do. Um, it's got nothing to do with language. It's got nothing to do with passport. It's just got to do with understanding the, the very, very in, intricate ways of the culture um, in business, in government, and, and just the way everything works because everything's fluid here. Nothing stands still. Like in Australia, it stands still, but it works at a slow pace. Everything changes here, like almost overnight. And I, you know, my ignorance, my, my arrogance um, thought I, I could be different. And, and it was the most difficult 11 years of my entire life. I mean, you know, I, I had a nervous breakdown four years ago. I'm far beyond the nervous breakdown now. I feel fantastic. And I'm very thankful for, you know, what I went through because it taught me so many lessons about business and so many lessons about myself as a person. Um, but opening a business in China was the biggest mistake because it, it's that difficult. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Can definitely, when you started talking about business partnerships and everything else like that, I'm like, yeah, can definitely um, agree. One of my topics that I want to do on one of these podcasts is talking about business agreements or one of my mentors was like, yeah, it should be the business like disagreements um, disagreement agreement, basically. So what, when things go wrong, what happens? But I know for me, it's, if there's issues in the beginning and, and your red, red flags are going up, then it's just only kind of going to get worse from that. So, um, yeah, I'm like very now, whenever I deal with anyone, it's like watching for those red flags or just things that, um, yeah, it's only, they're only going to get exaggerated or highlighted as things go on with that. So, but I think everyone has also made um, their mistakes with business along the way. And it's just one of those learnings. You learn the hard way, unfortunately, and or learn from other people um, as well and try not to make those mistakes. But, you know, I'm a bit of a know-it-all sometimes, so I think I know exa exactly everything. And then you realise... Oh, and then you realise, no, maybe I don't know it all. <laughs> yeah, Miriam, you should start a business in China. Go for it. <laughs> Um, after this one, I don't know yeah. what it is. <laughs> 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 um, but I did want to, I do have this like dream of learning Mandarin one day. Um, actually, you're, you, you, do you want to share some um, uh, Mandarin with us or is it Cantonese or Mandarin that you know? Uh, Mandarin. Um, so uh, all of China except the south part of China speak Mandarin. Um, and many other dialects, but Mandarin is the, the um, national language. Uh, uh, it's only uh, Guangdong, um, south of China, and Hong Kong that, that speak Cantonese. Um, and in Guangdong, um, or Guangzhou area, um, that they speak, will speak Mandarin and Cantonese. Um, right. In Shanghai, they actually speak Mandarin and Shanghainese. And Shanghainese, it doesn't sound anything <laughs> like Chinese. Chinese. Um, it's a completely different language. So they speak two languages. Oh, no. uh, but Hong Kong only speak Cantonese. So um, I, I speak a little, I, not fluent, but I speak a little bit of Mandarin or Putonghua. 
And with your, um, so you've got Asia, so you, you've got China and Hong Kong. Is there anywhere, I mean, sorry, China and Korea, is there anyone else that, countries that you're focusing on or you're now going global because you can or what's your sort of strategy? Yeah, so, so we work with, um, look, our biggest focus and, and what's been keeping us mostly busy is mainland China. It's it's huge and uh, it, it needs to have our focus and, and there's a lot of spending power um, in the fitness industry at the moment. So that is our focus. But we do do courses in Taiwan, um, which is part of the greater China, uh, Hong Kong um, and South Korea just, just came on board, although we had to cancel. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be doing a live, probably a live streaming uh, version there. Um, I'm uh, in talks with Thailand and Thailand to do fitness conventions, but we're, we're putting together a, a partnership in Thailand and uh, also actually Dubai or um, the Middle East. Um, the, 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 the business business partner is based in Dubai, but they, um, they, they cover all of the Middle East, including uh, the United Arab, Arab Emirates, uh, UAE. So um, that, that's where we're working as well. Cool. But no offline right now. It'll be all uh, online. Right. <laughs> Why's that? No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> bad joke. Um, so any final words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with? What's your last word there? Um, so I, I think firstly, as a, as a fellow Australian, um, you, know, you know, guys, be, be confident that this won't last forever. Um, Australia is an island. We, we can lock things down better than any country in the world. Um, so, you know, no new cases can come in very easy, easily like, like other places. Um, I, I, you know, again, if the, if you, you support the current government or don't, I, I think you should just support what they're doing. I think they're doing a marvelous job. They possibly should have acted a little sooner. Um, and then the sooner they acted, um, it, it could have been um, avoided much more, but, there's, there's very little cases, very little deaths. Um, the stimulus packages are great. So again, you know, you should be very supportive and, and, and come together as a nation and, and no divide like, oh, this government did this or this person did that or, or, you know, things like that. I mean, words of wisdom is we're all in this together and we should come together and not try to assert blame um, to, to different places or different people. And, and, and again, I think Australia is handling it fantastically. So I think we should be very proud to be Australian. We need to sing the We Are Australian song. I know, right? Hi. That was great. We are Australian. That was great, Drew. Thank you. Thank you. Talitha, Ferriel, any other questions or we'll wrap it up? No, I just like the fact that you covered the difference between um, sort of business in Australia and business in China. I think understanding the culture is really important. And I think it goes for any business owner that wants to start up anyway. You just got to understand the culture and, you know, showing your face in terms of respect and dignity is, is it, it, yeah, it's, it's incredible how much more it has an impact in China. So thank you for touching on that, Drew. Mm. Yeah, and if I had more time, I'd love to delve into your live streaming tips um, mm. and how to keep a, an audience engaged. Um, it's sort of a bit of a hot topic at the moment. Any tips? Any tips that you can share with us quickly, just about how to keep a, how to do live streaming and keeping an audience? Well, I mean, we have um, courses already, um, so PowerPoint presentations that that we were working on offline. Um, so. Um, we, we have a complete structure um, in place 
And I think it's very important to have that structure. We, we have um, edited uh, that structure to suit live streaming. And we also have a lot of materials. So, you know, you, you need to have a structure if you're doing like a course or, you know, anything live streaming. I mean, we've got a kind of structure because Miriam had those questions. I mean, that, that's a structure. But if you're going to do like a proper course, I think you need to have a, a, a much more in-depth structure. And, 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 and also outcome. What, what are you trying to achieve within that course? We have a, a couple of outcomes that we're, we're trying to achieve. Cool. Thanks, that. Love it. Thank you very much. Um, and thanks for listening, everybody. If anyone wants to ask a question or share any learnings or feedback, feel free to make a comment, send us a DM or um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Sisters at Slay Podcast. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies. Very nice to meet you. Yeah.